ask for advice. This week we talk about asking for advice. Asking for advice can help someone deal appropriately with an otherwise difficult situation in their life. We do not always have the answers to life's questions, and reaching out to others becomes necessary. Indeed, the word of God tells us in Proverbs chapter 15 verse 22, plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many counselors bring success. As we seek for counsel from other people, it is important to keep the following in mind. 1. Make sure that you need to ask for advice. Do not be in the habit of asking for advice just for the sake of it. You cannot ask for advice over everything. Only ask for advice when you really need to do so. Asking for advice over every little issue in your life is an indicator that you do not want to think and that you want others to think for you. Think through issues before seeking advice. That way you may find that you actually have answers to that which troubles you. Thinking through issues also helps define the problem clearly so that as you look for help, it is clear what you need help with. 2. Choose your advisors carefully. Make sure that the person you seek advice from is competent enough to offer you such advice. If you are looking for advice on college education, it would not make much sense seeking guidance from a primary school dropout. Similarly, if you are married and need marital advice, do not try and get it from your friends who have never been married. They may be sincere and may give you good-sounding counsel, but it will be largely theoretical and untested. It would be more prudent to talk to someone who has actually been married, someone who has been there and done that. Theirs is bound to be the stuff of real life, not excerpts from soap operas. It is critically important that you seek advice from people who have your best interests at heart. Do not seek advice from people who are your rivals in one way or another. They may not be happy at your success, and some would gladly misadvise you so that they can derail you and get ahead of you. The Bible records a case where advice was sought from the wrong people with disastrous results. Take a listen. Rehoboam went to Shechem, where all Israel had gathered to make him king. When Jeroboam, son of Nebat, heard this, he returned from Egypt, for he had fled to Egypt to escape from King Solomon. The leaders of Israel summoned him, and Jeroboam and the whole assembly of Israel went to speak with Rehoboam. Your father was a hard master, they said. Lighten the harsh labor demands and heavy taxes that your father imposed on us. Then we will be your loyal subjects. Rehoboam replied, Give me three days to think this over. Then come back for my answer. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam discussed the matter with the older men who had counseled his father Solomon. What is your advice? he asked. How should I answer these people? The older counselors replied, If you are willing to be a servant to these people today and give them a favorable answer, they will always be your loyal subjects. But Rehoboam rejected the advice of the older men and instead asked the opinion of the young men who had grown up with him and were now his advisors. 
What is your advice? He asked them. How should I answer the people who want me to lighten the burdens imposed by my father? The young man replied, This is what you should tell those complainers who want a lighter burden. My little finger is thicker than my father's waist. Yes, my father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. Three days later, Jeroboam and all the people returned to hear Rehoboam's decision, just as the king had ordered. But Rehoboam spoke harshly to the people, for he rejected the advice of the older counselors and followed the counsel of his younger advisers. He told the people, My father laid heavy burdens on you, but I'm going to make them even heavier. My father beat you with whips, but I will beat you with scorpions. So the king paid no attention to the people. This turn of events was the will of the Lord, for it fulfilled the Lord's message to Jeroboam, son of Debat, through the prophet Ahijah from Shiloh. When all Israel realized that the king had refused to listen to them, they responded, Down with the dynasty of David! We have no interest in the son of Jesse. Back to your homes, O Israel! Look out for your own house, O David! So the people of Israel returned home. But Jeroboam, Rehoboam continued to rule over the Israelites who lived in the towns of Judah. King Rehoboam sent Adinoram, who was in charge of forced labor, to restore order. But the people of Israel stoned him to death. When this news reached King Rehoboam, he quickly jumped into his chariot and fled to Jerusalem. And to this day, the northern tribes of Israel have refused to be ruled by a descendant of David. When the people of Israel learned of Jeroboam's return from Egypt, they called an assembly and made him king over all Israel. So only the tribe of Judah remained loyal to the family of David. That is found in 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 1 to 20. Matters of seeking advice do not get clearer than this. This narrative brings to the fore the fact that advisers are of different kinds and that you can get very different kinds of advice on the same issue. Rehoboam, son of Solomon, king of Israel, succeeded his father on the throne. The people of Israel wanted some changes to the way King Solomon had governed them and took advantage of the leadership transition to present their case. King Rehoboam did the right thing in asking the people for some time to think over the matter and to consult accordingly. He also did the right thing in consulting those who had been advisors to his father. The kind of advice they gave him shows that they knew some changes needed to be done. Perhaps they had tried telling this to King Solomon but had not been listened to. It could also be that they had not been courageous enough to tell the king to lighten the work burden of the people. Whatever the case, the people continued being overworked. Solomon's many grandiose projects obviously came at a great cost to the citizens of Israel. It was wise of Rehoboam to consult the elders of Israel on what to do, but he greatly erred in seeking the counsel of his peers and friends. Friends and age mates are great company for anyone, 
but Rehoboam did not appreciate the fact that they may not be the best of advisors on very important matters. Tragically, he chose to act on their advice, and that led to the split of the kingdom of Israel. Of course, we must appreciate that all this was happening to fulfill God's plan. One could argue that Rehoboam was predestined to listen to the wrong kind of advice and did not have much choice in the matter. That is true, but it does not change the fact that bad advice leads to undesirable results. And that is our subject matter. We must choose our advisors carefully. 3. Make sure that your advisors have succeeded in that area. When someone fails in a particular area of their life, they are likely to unknowingly pass on the elements that led to their failure to those that they advise. It's a fact that you cannot take people where you have not been. You can only lead people down the path you have taken yourself. Take advice on marriage as an example. As you talk to those who have been married, make sure that they have a working marriage. If you hope to have a marriage that works, it does not make much sense to seek counsel from someone whose marriage has failed or someone who has a negative view of marriage. Whatever they tell you is bound to be colored by the failure of their marriage or by their biases. The same principle applies to career and business. Be picky and discerning when choosing whom to go to for guidance and counseling regarding your vocation. Their success or otherwise in vocation will have a bearing on the quality of advice that you will get from them. For example, do not follow the business advice of someone simply because they are rich. How they got rich is also of importance. If they became wealthy by stealing public funds, they may not be in a position to tell you how to get rich by legitimate means. Chances are that they can only teach you how to be a thief like them. 4. Step up the quality of advice that you seek and take. There is no shortage of advisors and advice on any subject that you may have questions with. But as we have alluded, not all that advice is sound. You will be confronted with both good advice and bad advice. With very difficult matters, be they career issues, relationship issues or otherwise, you may need to consult a professional counselor in that particular area of concern. It may cost you some money, but it will be worthwhile. Still on good advice, my advice is this. The best advice is godly advice. Seek advice from people who follow God both in word and deed. Avoid the advice of people who are carnal and hypocritical. I personally hesitate listening to someone of loose morals, and I tremble at the thought of taking guidance from someone nursing a beer bottle in a bar. You can't be sure if it's a person or the drink speaking. As we talk of seeking godly advice, the ultimate advisor is God himself. Before you even talk to other people, take the issue to the Lord first. He will tell you what to do and how to do it. He is omniscient, that is all-knowing, and will give you the wisdom that you need to handle issues in your life. 
He sees and knows many things that people may not be aware of. Why not let him order your steps? 5. Be ready to take advice. If you decide to ask for advice, be ready to take it and act upon it. There is no point in asking for advice if you are not ready to act accordingly. Seek advice with an open mind. The counsel that you get may not be what you are expecting, but it may be what you need. It may be just the bitter pill that cures your disease, so to speak. Go ahead and take your medicine.